Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. of Sidewalk Talk today. I'm here with Teo. So, yo. <laughs> so, were you originally born in Atlanta or? Yeah, yeah, I was born in Georgia. Yeah. Grew up in uh, Lawrenceville. Okay. Georgia. I was born in Atlanta and I lived there until I was nine. Mm -hmm. Then I moved to LA. Yeah. And your parents are originally from Colombia? From Colombia, yeah. From uh, Manizales. My dad's from Manizales and my mom's from Medellin. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I go back and I visit. I got a lot of family out there. Yeah. Pretty dope, yeah. So they moved here for work or a better future? Yeah, my or? parents met in New York. Yeah, I oh, guess wow. a better future. My mom was uh, just visiting NY. My dad was working with her brother. Mm. And my dad actually called that he was going to marry my mom. <laughs> and, and my uncle was like, yeah, no way. She's too complicated. Like, she's a wild woman. Oh my and my gosh. dad saw a picture of her and called it and was like, I'm going to marry her. And it ended up Like happening. before they even met? Before they ever met. That's insane. Yeah, it's really, really crazy. Wow. Yeah. And what, what jobs do they do? Or back then uh, growing up? Back then or now? Uh, has it changed? Uh, their work? I mean, my mom pretty much dedicated her whole life. She's my manager, essentially. So mm -hmm. she's helped me and my brother grow here oh, wow. uh, in L.A. My dad uh, actually started, now he has a uh, essentially a resort, like a holistic Ayurvedic oh. resort. So Ayurveda is like a Eastern medicine. It's like yeah. the, the science of self-healing, which is something I'm really much into. Mm -hmm. So he started like a like a holistic center essentially, Manizales, Colombia. And uh, he just brings people there and he does, you know, certain treatments, certain things. He's created like a paradise. Oh wow. He got like the side of a mountain, an abandoned mountain, and his whole that's family insane. laughed at him. And they were like, What are you gonna do with the side of a mountain? Like that's just ridiculous. How how long has he been it. doing it? Uh, now I think he's going on, this is probably his third or fourth year. Oh, so it's more of a recent thing. It's more of a recent thing, yeah, but before when they met, my dad started a, a scrap metal recycling company. He had like a car dealership. Mm -hmm. He's the type of dude to just open a bunch of, you know, just experiment with different businesses yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's so cool. So I guess it's just like a, yeah, entrepreneur. entrepreneur. I should have just simplified that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you got your creative side from him? I do. I do think I got my creative side from him because he's always thinking about the next idea um, and I think I just got kind of the uh, I guess the the love quality from my mom just like the the quality of uh, I guess being just tapped into to nature into my roots and my inspiration definitely comes mm -hmm. my essence comes from my mom I feel yeah along with my dad but that that drive and that creativity is definitely from my dad what kind of music were they playing in the house when you were growing up you know they actually my my parents and no one in my family is very musically inclined, oh. so it was all pretty popular music. Mm -hmm. You know, there's artists like Ricardo Arjona. Artists I grew up on like Shakira and whatever was playing on the radio. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I started to develop my own taste. Mm -hmm. I started getting you know into the Bossa Nova, the Joe Beams. Uh, that's where I get the Brazilian inspiration from. And you were already making your own music at ten. At uh, ten years old, yeah, I started making music. Well, I started, uh, I taught myself the piano at first. I kind of fell in love with the instrument. And so um, 
I remember moving to an apartment complex in LA when we first moved out, and I would always play the piano in mm -hmm. the uh, in the main area of the apartment building, and, and the people, the managers of the apartment building would get so pissed off at me because I would just play the same the same melody over and over again. But this is when I was first starting, I guess, to <laughs> compose. Yeah, I was yeah. just like so enamored by the piano. Um, and so that kind of developed into me just, you know, diving deeper into music. And then I really started, uh, I started composing and producing when I was 10. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I kind of, with the help, I had really creative people around me. So seeing my friends' creative processes and certain things that were happening inspired me to kind of take it a little bit further than just production and composition. And, you know, and then I started adding the vocal element, my self-expression, certain things that I wanted to get across or say. You know, and I realized the the power that you know that every individual has in translating what what they have to say. I guess so. I definitely honed in on that and, mm -hmm. and started paying more attention to that and catering to that. How did you go from living in Georgia to get into acting? It's so funny. My mom asked a random question one day. <laughs> it was we were like I was seven. My brother was eight, probably going on nine, and she randomly just asked us like, "Yo, would you guys want to be actors?" and Obviously, we were so young, we were like, sure, we don't really know what that means, but like, I'm down to, to try it out. And so we went into this school called Barbizon Galaxy, mm -hmm. which was an acting school. And, and truthfully, my mom put us in that class. Her, her main purpose for doing that was my brother was very shy. Mm. He was an introvert. And so my mom's goal was to essentially get him out of his shell. Interesting. She wasn't as worried about me because I was more of a goofball and I was just kind of yeah. out there and whatever, but she was... You know, there was a lot of focus on my brother breaking out of, you know, kind of the shell that he was in a bit. And so that was the main purpose for doing that. And somehow it turned into, uh, we went to this uh, competition called IMTA mm -hmm. in L.A. when we were nine. And between my brother and I, we got a couple callbacks. And, and we were only supposed to be in L.A. when we moved out here for six months. And then it turned into six years. And That's crazy. And it just turned into life. So, like, soon after he got Hannah Montana and you got Disney Soon SD. after? No, no, no. I got... There was a couple films. I did this film called Yours, Mine, and Ours where I played a bully. It was really crazy. The first thing I ever booked was a, a, a film, a feature called Yours, Mine, and Ours, the remake. And it was just so funny because, like, right... It was always, like, right before we were about to give up or, you know, we're considering going back to, to Georgia, mm -hmm. something would happen. Either my brother or I would book something... And it was just kind of like, just a sign every time of something was telling us to stay, just to kind of, you know, like we're meant to be in LA, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I find that super interesting because I feel like it's kind of rare for, I guess, like immigrant families to get into the arts. Yeah. Especially you guys, like sh yeah. your mom wanting you guys to be in acting, like, yeah. I feel like that's unheard of. No, it's, it's definitely unheard of. I mean, uh, it's becoming more common, I guess, because people are seeing, obviously, we're more connected than we were, obviously, when I was yeah. nine, we didn't have obviously the the pull and the communication that we have today but but my family definitely thought my mom was crazy when she said mm. we were going to go to LA to try it out like yeah they were like what the like what the hell are you talking about what mm -hmm. are you going what are you going to do everybody has this everybody definitely has a distorted vision or version of what Hollywood is and to everybody it's different i guess but um you know coming here you come here with this idealistic view on what you think Hollywood or you know Los Angeles will be um, and parts of it, you know, is truthful and other parts are just so far yeah. from true, you know, but, um... What did your dad think of the whole thing? Like, was, did he want you guys to get into acting at, like, yeah, 9 or 10? that's... My dad was supportive of it, but 
he obviously had his business and he had his mm. things that he had to do in, um, in Georgia. So he was just kind of like flying back and forth. And it became difficult, you know, for Mo and my dad. They're mm. not together anymore, but they were then. And it was definitely just difficult for them to, to communicate and be together because my mom was such a dedicated mom. Mm. She wasn't about to, she never, she never allowed babysitters to take care of my brother and I. Like she was always the, the firm hand in the situation. Mm -hmm. like, do you think um, it was ever a thing that she wanted to do acting back in the ancient Yeah. Time, so she wanted you guys to? Yes, Okay, absolutely. I figured it was like something no, my more. No, my mom's dream when she was young was to be a singer, funny enough. Oh. Like she wanted to perform and she wanted to, to be a, a creative, you know. Uh, she studied journalism. Mm. Um, and, and she did her thing, but her dream was definitely translated into, you know, the moves that we made to mm. a certain extent. So that's funny that you say that. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely true. So were you homeschooled or how was it with school during that time? So I was, we, my brother and I were in public school. I was in public school until the third grade in Atlanta and Georgia where I grew up. Uh, I went to public school and then when we moved to LA, once we started booking more jobs and started to work more and more, it obviously became more difficult to get homework done, to show up to class. And so, you know, teachers were starting to get mad. And mm. my mom started, you know, strongly considering homeschool, but she she never wanted to take us away from, you know, the element of interaction and, and just being, you know, in the presence of other of other kids and stuff. But um, it's just something that happened. And so in third grade, I became homeschooled. Uh, and then things, you know, uh, got a little bit easier in the sense of, you have teachers on set when you're working. Oh, wow. Um, and so it just becomes mm -hmm. not so much of a hassle, but, but public school was, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you think you cool. matured a lot? I mean, I guess when you're acting, most people are like older than you don't really meet people your age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in the, in the acting world, you're forced to, to grow up really quick. Yeah. Because it's like, when you're on a set, you know, th there are elements of having fun, obviously, but it's very serious and you're there to accomplish something. You know, there's a very clear goal on what you're there to do. And you're surrounded by adults mm. and people who have been in it for a while. And so, you know, you're just expected to... And I was able to observe and see what it was like to have a non-professional, you know. Oh, true. There was enough experiences yeah. where you're like, oh, shit, that's not what I want to do. Or somebody would just be complaining all the time about, oh, I just want to go home, this and that. And you have parents forcing the kids to, you know, the kids don't genuinely want to be doing you know, the acting. Yeah, actually, did you genuinely like it? I genuinely liked yeah. it, yeah, of course. I mean, because it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just something that that came naturally to a certain extent. From the second we were born, mm -hmm. we meet, my brother and I have so much footage of us as kids because yeah. my mom would film everything oh, wow. we did. So, so I that's guess, why you were fine on camera. Yeah, I think a, to yeah. a certain extent, subconsciously, I guess I was always used to just having a lens in my face because my mom would always have a camera on us to the point where, you know, there's videos of my, my brother, like, mommy, por favor, déjame, yo quiero, yo quiero ver, yo quiero ver, like wanting to grab yeah. the camera. And, and funny enough, he is a photographer and a, a filmmaker. And I definitely feel that, you know, my mom planted those seeds unconsciously, not even knowing, you know, not, not really being, there's no motive mm -hmm. for it, but it turned, it translated into, you know, what, where we are today. And, Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that uh, it helped. Yeah. I definitely feel like it helped, yeah. What was the turning point that you realized you didn't want to... Like, do you still want to do acting now, or is that kind I, of I just love acting. Past? No, no, no. 
the thing that I love about music is that I get to create what I want to create. Oh, true. You know, and I get yeah. to do it on my own time, and I get to decide what it's going to be. You know, acting is, is uh, I love acting as well, but you're usually subject to someone else's vision, which is fine because you have to, you know, learn how to work mm -hmm. with, with people. And, and no, I, I love acting. And actually, I'm going to be shooting a film later this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. with my brother. We shot a short film in 2016 mm -hmm. that's uh, being made into a feature film now, so I'm really oh, stoked wow. about that. But they kind of go hand in hand, you know. Yeah. Me now that I'm performing and I'm I'm in front of these in front of these crowds and and having to interact with people and just being, you know, being put on the spot essentially. Like there's nothing more vulnerable than performing, and that's why I'm really growing sincere love for it. Um, but I think acting has helped. Acting has allowed me to be in this position and be more comfortable with it, I guess, you know? Because mm -hmm. I, I didn't do too much theater, but in the acting world, I did do some theater. And, you know, there's similarities between uh, theater and performance mm -hmm. to a certain extent, you know? And were you doing, a, like, a YouTube with your brother? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my brother and I got really into, obviously, being on set uh, and just pulling inspiration from what's around you. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to do what you see. So we didn't want to just be actors, we wanted to be the creators behind it as well. Mm -hmm. So we ended up writing, you know, writing our own short stories, yeah. writing scripts and, and shooting them. And when Mac released the, uh, the laptop with the uh, photo booth and iMovie, <laughs> and it was just revolutionary. Yeah, true. You know, we started editing, we started doing, you know, things that everybody was doing as well, but we really tried to make it as cinematic as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, we have some really really funny videos and so we were just you know we were just experimenting we were honestly just having fun truthfully you know mm -hmm. it's like I've noticed when you're just having a good time or when you're just relaxed in what you're doing you learn the most because there's not not so much focus on like getting it right or trying to accomplish something in specific you know when you're having fun it's always a loose experience of just like you know you get some sort of joy from it and, and the learning comes as a byproduct, you know? You're already, you're already doing it, you're already, you know, you're having a good time while you're doing it, and then obviously you're taking things in as you're doing it. Yeah. What happened in between, after you finished Disney, to um, before you started releasing music? Like, what were you doing in that time period? I was making a lot of music, but I just wasn't releasing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So in that, in that time period, it was just... So were you, like, just go, like, go, like homeschooled and then doing music? Or, like, what were you doing at that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I worked on uh, Kicking It on the XD show uh, until I was 18. I oh, think. Okay. 18 is when I stopped. But when I was late 15, 16, I had a big change in my life. And I started reading this Indian mystic when my dad put me on to... Again, my dad's really into the, you know, into the... He's just always on that next wave. Mm -hmm. Always evolving, always growing. A very spiritual individual, but also sincere about it. Um, and so I pull a lot of inspiration from my dad. He put me onto this, this man called Osho, who's like a huge inspiration in my life. A really controversial figure. Mm. Um, but, you know, he, he really opened me up to some new ways of perceiving the world, you know, and, and perceiving really your your experience, you know, your internal experience of life. And so that's why, you know, in my music and in, in the way I create, there's a lot of, you know, there's just a certain angle that I take on it, you know. I don't try to 
throw it in people's faces because I don't feel there's a need to. Because mm -hmm. anything that's truthful and honest can just be, yeah. you know? And it's like, if you're receptive to it, if you pick up on it, dope. And if not, dope. Um, but, uh, but yeah, oh, in that, in that time period, you know, there was a big leap of growth and just a sense of me becoming aware of certain things and my brother and my best friend. And we all just kind of started tapping into that wave together. And then we, we started our brand called Misfits Rep. And it was all really through just this, you know, the, the truthfully just the higher consciousness and just the new, just the new wave of, of, uh, of communing, I guess, of communicating. I, I don't know how to articulate it in this, in this mm -hmm. moment exactly, but, you know, just the new way of being. You know? Yeah. Um, and so that was a big shift into me, you know, releasing my music and just the way that I, the moves that I wanted to make. I think being on Disney, first of all, I love the experience. Mm. I, I truthfully have nothing bad to say about it. It was amazing and I learned a lot and there was a lot of growth and, you know, I have that experience in me now and again, it's helped me in many different ways. But being on Disney has also, it really grounded my authenticity, right? It really made me realize like, yo, where do I stand? What do I stand for? Mm. What am I really about? Yeah. You know, because I feel like it's so easy for when the world perceives you in a certain way, you know, you either you kind of want to rebel against it or you start taking, you know, their perceptions and start applying them or thinking they're, you know, however, people handle it differently. But I think I was also very fortunate that my brother experienced it before me and I was able to see his evolution and, you know, all of, all of the kids, you know, essentially, you know, the Kyle, Kyle Massey and just all, all the different people in, in Disney who were so, they were so dope, um, you know, good friends of ours and, and just seeing the way everybody evolved and just pulling from that and, and I guess seeing how I was going to do it in my own way. Um, truthfully, something as, as stupid as me having a beard yeah. honestly changed because it's like, mm -hmm. The second I shave, there are some kids that are like, oh, my God, Jerry, from kicking it, you know, yeah. and as soon as like I grow up my like beard. Totally different yeah, look. people, yeah. you know, it's there are still some kids who are super receptive and are able to like, oh, wow. But, you know, there is just like an element of immediately there's something different. So I didn't have it as hard. I don't feel the evolution was as difficult for me. And, and again, the kicking it wasn't Hannah Montana was like the biggest show mm -hmm. on Disney, you know, yeah. kicking it was the biggest show of XD. But you know, dope experience I was able to evolve from it and, and again, ground what I really what I really was about. And luckily I had people in my life who were who were doing doing shit on a high level, you know, and I was able to pull inspiration from that too. You know. Mm -hmm. So What made you wanted to add question marks to your name? And that you didn't want to go by your full name. Um, so so Teo is, you know, just my nickname. Yeah. Essentially, so the, the element of the question marks is really interesting. So first off, obviously, because I come from Spanish background, I'm Colombian. So, you know, interrogación is like, the, the question marks is obviously how you ask a question. But the, there's another uh, mystic, his name is uh, Ramana Maharashi. And to his disciples, he would always say that one of the most important questions to ask yourself at all times is, who am I? Mm. Who am I? You always mm -hmm. ask yourself, who am I? And you don't necessarily answer it. You just kind of sit with the question a bit, you know, and you let kind of the silence essentially answer it. And it's just a, it's, it's the constant, you know, remembering and, and asking of that question. So I just feel like to me, that's a very essential question that I've always asked myself and continue to ask myself. And 
and that plays a role in my expression, you know, so the question marks, you know, kind of have that essence in it too, mm -hmm. of just like, I get to be who I want to be, I get to recreate myself however I want to be, and because I do fuse so many different genres yeah. and so many different elements into my music, I feel like the question marks, I gave myself a certain freedom in mm -hmm. having those question marks. Because I feel like it through in my eyes by those question marks, I'm essentially saying like, t like tail, like is it this, this is tail, you know like okay he's on this bossa wave like okay now he's doing like this reggaeton thing like there's obviously always streamline, you know something that's always going to connect everything that I do but, you know I feel lucky enough to feel comfortable with experimenting, and and being obviously grounded in a certain style, a certain sound, and a certain feeling but also being able to you know, to push the boundary a bit, whatever I consider pushing the boundary be, you know, so I don't know, the, the question marks feel like freedom mm. to me in a way, as well as, you know, reminding myself that I can be who I want to be. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Now, how did you first meet Jaden Smith? Uh, that's, that's my guy, so Jay and my brother Moises, they met at Dylan and Cole Sprouse, yeah. uh, their 16th birthday party. So we met at that, at that party, and I don't know, we just kind of hit it off. Um, literally the following day or a couple of days later, we went to his house for the first time and, you know, I don't, you know, there's no, mm -hmm. just kind of happened. And when you first started making music again, were, were you like in the studio working with him already or? So yeah, I mean, I, I worked on his earlier projects like Cool Tape Volume 1 and, and the mixtape he was doing when he was literally <laughs> like 13, 12 or 13. <laughs> I was producing with him. I was oh, producing wow. some of the songs with him and, and uh, his, right, his right hand, Omar. Uh, Omar Ramper. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just kind of like, it started with us just being really good friends, you know, and, and and evolving in that friendship, and then it just turned into, you know, we all knew we were all creative. Me and my brother were already making short yeah. films and everything before we ever met Jaden. And I feel like, you know, it's just inspirational to have friends doing dope shit. You know, when you see your friends doing cool shit, you want to do cool shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and you want to, you know, obviously collaborate. When there's already a friendship, there's already a connection. You already know how to communicate and interact, and it's just like the creativity is kind of seamless, and it just mm -hmm. happens. So, so yeah, we just started making music uh, together and, and films, you know, little shorts and stuff, and it kind of just all really flowed really naturally. We started the brand Misfits Rep together, and um, what was and, yeah, it like touring with him? Was it your first time on tour? That was my first time on tour, being on the Vision tour, opening up for him. Was, uh, was that I, crazy? I mean, you went from like just making music yourself to performing yeah, around yeah, these yeah. crazy audiences. No, it was it was insane. I'm so grateful for that experience because that was like a huge slap in the face, a wake up call of all right, you're really doing this, you know. And 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 it it kind of graduated. I kind of graduated to just a different, you know, just a different place because mm -hmm. now you know I'm performing like you said in front of in front of crowds and, and, and then Coachella. And people know the music Coachella was the craziest yeah that shit was insane oh my god I had a blackout moment the most beautiful blackout moment um you just literally walk out and it's just like 40,000 people you're just like wow and I'm just so grateful <laughs> for him honestly I couldn't I have nothing but incredible things to say about Jaden mm -hmm. that dude's like such a sincere individual like authentic creative honest and like an integrated person you know he's just so intelligent and obviously you know his family being who they are they're so um evolved mm. truthfully 
you know they're yeah. just a beautiful they're just a light in the industry in my opinion you know mm -hmm. and so obviously having them as mentors in the whole family and and yeah I, I just honestly have unconditional love for that family I love that yeah and what made you want to release a whole album I feel like most artists go from like a lot of singles to EP and then after a few yeah. years album yeah I mean yeah I think I just kind of you know I kind of just wanted to to do my own thing in a way it's funny the the self-titled album it kind of like rides the line between an EP and an album you know I feel like I want people to perceive it however they do but but yeah, you're right. I guess I for for a while I didn't like the term. I didn't like the idea of an EP for some reason. And maybe it's just because it was the thing to do that I didn't want to do it mm -hmm. specifically. And now I'm way more into the idea. Maybe after dropping the nine song project, I'm more into the idea of of releasing EPs. Just because I realized the power in it, you know. And I realized um, you can just get something across and just you know. It's just like three, five songs to get a point across is like really, it's really dope. It's really powerful in a way, you know, and you don't need a plethora of songs to, you know, to get a point across. But no, I'm very, you know, content with uh, the album. And I think it was just a choice that it was just like, you know, this is just, I just want to go ahead and put out a body of work uh, and kind of like, you know, make that statement and then move on, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like I'm on. I'm really content right now with what I'm doing and I feel like the moving on from it, you know, the evolution already being on tour, you get to, I feel like every artist says this, but it's honest. You start to make different music when you start performing because you start to connect with the crowd and you start to mm -hmm. see what they like and what they vibe on. And, and truthfully, there's a difference between, you know, making records for you to play in your car at night and then making record performance records in a way, you know, records that, that the audience is gonna feel and that you can really just go crazy with, in a way. Mm -hmm. So performing has really put a different mindset, has really kind of uh, given me new information, some new insights into, into creating. Mm -hmm. What do you say have been the biggest challenges in your life so far? Biggest challenges in my life? I think one of the biggest challenges that I overcame was performing. Mm. You know, in a way, I don't know why. I was never afraid to get in front of a camera. I was never afraid. And maybe it's just because there was other elements of rehearsals. You get a take oh, two. True, yeah. You know, you get a take two. And performances, you don't get a take two. You know, it's just like you're out there, you do it, and it's you. You know, I'm going out there as me. It's Mateo going out there and performing these records that mean something to me. And I'm actually telling stories from my life. You know, in acting, you're always, there's always a filter. You know, you're always standing behind something or is there something that you can kind of get lost in, in a way. Mm -hmm. So there's a vulnerability to performing. What does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? I had a really crazy experience, really, really crazy experience. One time I was reading this book by Drew Velo Melchizedek called Living in the Heart. Mm -hmm. And he speaks on the energetic heart. I mean, he has like certain meditations and stuff in there and I never, I'm not a big fan of practicing, you know, strict certain types of meditations. I feel like the whole point of meditation is really just like meditativeness. Yeah. You know, so you always have to be in it. It's not something that you do and then it's like on and off. That's not the way I feel meditation is. Um, but I had a really beautiful experience after reading that book. I kind of tapped into something, it's difficult to articulate, but mm -hmm. I tapped into a certain space. Uh, in my energetic heart and 
I had a really crazy experience um, to where I kind of like locked into something really crazy and I just felt this overwhelming vibration, you know, I kind of felt what love was as, a, as an energy, as a frequency, more so than an idealistic uh, approach to love, I guess, because love is the most common theme, Yeah. you know, in the world, and it's like, there's so many different definitions for it that people give, and, and you know, and everybody has a different view on what that is, um, but I experienced love as a feeling and, and just a state of, uh, of life. And to me, that was what love was. And again, it's so hard to articulate because it's something that, you know, it's with us right now. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's really just uh, an expression. It's, it's a bit of everything. I mean, it is everything. Yeah. You know, so difficult to put a finger on it, but mm -hmm. love is life. Life yeah. is love, you know. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? I think I just want to be remembered for for just for just being uh, just being an authentic um, representation of you know what it is that I'm doing. Just always mm -hmm. make the most truthful art. I want to be known for honest art yeah. and high caliber um, creativity, really. Mm -hmm. And I want people to just be inspired by, you know, whatever it is that I decide to put out and, and create. And the choices that I make with my life, you know. Mm -hmm. I just want my life to be a, a, a statement of, uh, of love and, and creativity, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to be remembered for, for honesty. Yeah. I love this. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Ciao.